Hey, I'm Daniel, a political activist and campaigner turned management consultant turned coach. And this is PolitikWise, the podcast where politics meets personal development. Let's face it, it's easy to criticize those in politics. But being in politics is not an easy ride. And yet for many who make the leap, it's worth it. They can make a real difference. So how can we have both? How can we make a difference while at the same time showing up as the best version of ourselves? It's a question that's been with me for the last 20 years. First, when I started out as an activist leading an NGO, then when I did a PhD in politics, and later when I quit my job in consulting to help build up a political movement and run an election campaign. And today, as I coach young leaders who want to make a difference while staying true to themselves. I know the answers are out there, so join me on this podcast. We'll hear from political leaders, from psychologists, neuroscientists, philosophers about their findings and experiences. And together, we learn about the ideas, mindsets, and tools of wise people in politics and beyond. Let's go. My guest today is a democratic and parliamentary advisor, a United Nations consultant on transformational leadership. And she holds a PhD where she looked at the deliberative performance of parliamentarians in South Africa at the start of the new democracy. Through her platform, The Silent MP, she promotes a more humanized and authentic political society and as well political well-being coach. She supports politicians with the belief that if we want healthier democracies, we need healthier leaders. My guest today is uh, Dr. Victoria Hassan. Victoria, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a real privilege. Victoria, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while now. We've been in touch uh, on, on other topics. And um, what I find fascinating about you is your, you've, you've been in the, in the political game, let's say, for, for a while. And um, for the last 15 years, uh, you've been working with politicians and political staff. You've been researching um, political political topics. And you've been training politicians and political staff. And now I understand you are more and more focusing on this topic of political well-being and what it means to have healthy political leadership. Just perhaps let's start there. What's, what's your story here? What's the motivation from where you've been in the last years and now focusing on this topic? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I, I'm still exploring the answer to it because originally I started to care about politicians when I worked for a political party in the National Assembly in South Africa. And I got close to those politicians and I could see the the personal toll that it would take on them. So I, I cared about their well-being as much as their democratic practices. And that was compounded when I started to train and work with politicians in other countries that were equally challenged and equally going through a lot of difficult experiences as they tried to sort of fight the good fight for democracy. Um, and I was frustrated that I was constantly training on parliamentary procedure without being able to sort of help them manage and navigate the complexity of the political experience. I didn't have the answers, but I knew that the answers were needed in order to sort of almost transform democratic practice. So that was the first layer of sort of me wanting to to, to go into the space of political well-being. But if I go one layer down and deeper into my reflections, I also know that there were just 
certain pivotal moments where I felt like I just happened to be in this kind of particular spot of the world at a particular point in their political history where something quite dramatic was happening and I was there sort of witnessing the sort of the fights in the National Assembly in Venezuela for example when the helicopter was taken and the constitutional court was sort of under attack or the mudslides in Sierra Leone whilst those training politicians and like essentially body parts were coming down the mountain etc um and various moments of siege in the National Assembly and um I can go on and it felt like I was in this you know, I feel like I was in this very unique privileged position of seeing inside out what what it felt like to be in those political experiences and connecting the dots and that I had to do something about those dots. And I haven't yet connected them, but it all relates essentially to the experience of trying to deliver democracy and fortify and try to find ways to fortify those experiences so that the democratic practices and almost and then procedures are improved and fortified and become more inspired actually yeah and and you say inside inside out it also sounds you were close to it and close to it that you could make that observation but at the same time you weren't the politician so you you were you had a perspective that you could observe something that they themselves perhaps couldn't see yeah. because they were feeling it perhaps in the moment yeah that's where the silent mp was born as um sort of a, about eight months before the pandemic i was trying to sort of piece together that perspective of being sort of of looking inside out but not as a, an MP and so I started a blog <laughs> called The Silent MP where I tried to sort of jot down um, my own reflections and thoughts on what it must feel like to be a politician without actually <laughs> being one um, and and uh, I didn't really know where that was going but then when the pandemic hit it just sort of like gave me more space to reflect on, on those and <laughs> funnily enough I've always been a journaler um, and I would journal you know sort of daily um, from quite a young age and then when I started my professional career in in politics and started as um, chief of staff um, for, in politics in the National Assembly day one I, I bought a work journal and I have been work journaling as well as privately journaling ever since so I I just went through all of those journals that I had and had been keeping for that point you know 10 11 years and started to chart my sort of my days my daily routines what I was thinking about what was happening and essentially I I realized that in those <laughs> boxes of journals that I have kept my little moleskins they I had the political experience sort of mapped out and that was the sort of material that I could use for the silent MP. Yeah. And now I'm imagining boxes and boxes of <laughs> little, note, yeah. little notebooks. Can you share some of those reflections? What, what were things that came up repeatedly? Yeah. Like, I mean, I did have a lot of exclamation marks in them and, and then squiggles because I was trying, of like, trying to work out pathways. But a lot of it was around sort of connecting the dots between something happening and what could be done in Parliament. And then the level of exclamation mark would tell me how much heightened sort of emotions were around it. And then 
and and when you find a legislative pathway or a, an oversight pathway something you can do in parliament for example that could raise the alarm bell or sort of show that you're on a particular issue and that you're actually um trying to solve a problem for citizens like it would get very excited in my journals and then you know I could you know I'd <laughs> sort of see some the theme and the issue and I would be back in my office in the National Assembly or in the Chief Whip's office or in the parliamentary leader's office or I'd I could hear the sort of corridor activity around that particular issue and I could feel the energy again of the passion to try to to do something to 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 change something to um or even you know just the shame because I mean obviously as political animals as daily sort of um sort of daily shaming practices um sort of in parliament and amongst politicians amongst each other so um if an issue wasn't picked up quick enough there was I I could relive that moment of shame that I felt that their researcher felt that I was managing or that the MP felt for not having maybe sort of driven it hard enough or caught it before it became something or got on it quick enough as an issue or whatever and so yeah so I, I sort of relived it yeah so it's a bit of the technical stuff um mixed with a lot of like I don't know what to do exclamation marks let's like you know sort of issue hunting and mechanism hunting and then um yeah so it was a whole host I got better at sort of <laughs> working out how to capture the what I was thinking and what was happening um over time so they definitely got became richer um but it wasn't until you know I was sort of um in the pandemic trying to write this blog that I realized that there lies sort of a plethora of um the political experience just at that one layer down really yeah when I I think back at my stint in politics and campaigning but also before that in my time as a political activist i think emotions play play heavily in many of those things that i remember in intense emotions of um success of of uh, of a sense of uh, fulfillment um but also defeat mm. stress so all of these things and many of those emotions coming up because this is something that was important to me or the, the people who displayed those emotions back then um so they, they worked on something that was important to them and, and that yeah i think that that was the basis for their emotions or for at least for them being so yeah. intense yeah and i mean i when i get overwhelmed or get anxious i i sort of think if i just write it out and then cross out the sentence and write it out again eventually i'll i'll get to what i'm really what's really making me anxious so there's a lot of okay let's just write this out there's like a particular issue there's a particular thing I'm just going to write it and then if I write it again and that's not what I I'm feeling that's not what's making me anxious or not how to see a particular thing and eventually with lots of crosses out <laughs> I'll get to the next mm -hmm. problem and that one is always fixable and it's always like a treasure hunt within myself and doing that on work issues just became normal but almost became essential I mean I I left the National Assembly on the first day of the job and drove straight to the to the bookstore to buy uh you know pa three pack of moleskin journals because I knew the only way I could survive that level of intensity was if I was if I could write it out 
Um, and I just, did, you know, I took that book to the to every single meeting. Um, so it would just be a hodgepodge of yeah. my thoughts slash the issues slash to-dos. <laughs> but you can track the emotions yeah. through it and then my process of figuring them out um, because, you know, to then figure out what to do about it. Did you ever observe someone that you were working with doing the same thing? Taking notes, <laughs> the, my team over time, like they obviously sort of could see that I was always with, and sometimes they're pink because I had a call a system like my notebooks. They would always like let, laugh and joke about the fact that I never went anywhere without my little like Moscow journal, whatever. So, <laughs> so it was definitely like open, open discussion and sort of, sort of chuckle. And I think that might have been a, a you know, a bit of like a role modeling there because of, of that. I wasn't super conscious of of why I was doing it until much later when I started to really reflect and I had that sort of space from thick of it politics um working for the Westminster Foundation for Democracy it was slightly less intense and you're not working for a political party um in a parliament so it was only at that point did I realize oh I know why this is my crutch and why I'm doing it at the time I was doing I was just doing because it was I you know I needed it to breathe (laughs) but I didn't really know why so I couldn't necessarily explain that to the team yeah so so I think there's already then a little little perhaps piece of advice there journaling as something to yeah an effective way to to reflect right and and work journaling yeah and I'm not sure politicians have much time for it but there could be, uh, if I, you know, reply our minds to it, there could be ways of like developing the sort of quick tricks of what to put down uh, so that they can unlock themselves as in the political experience in a way that's going to help them sort of handle it as they go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's also, I mean, there is research on it and it's also a very flexible tool, isn't it? Because you can do it whenever you want to do it. And it's a way for you to, yeah, make the space to reflect. It's on a piece of paper. You don't have to have like a fixed date or a slot where you can talk with someone. Um, you do it on your own and it's, it's a space to, to do that, that, yeah. that work. And what I also hear Victoria then, so people came to you, right. And in, in, in those moments and they, and they, uh, to me, it sounds like they they wanted to have um, your advice on on how to proceed, perhaps on a procedural question. Yeah. And yeah. Um, but then I also get from you that you sense perhaps that would not be all there is that you know just to, to solve the, the yeah. Issue. I mean, it was um it's a wonderful and privileged position to be in, but also a very daunting one to 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 try to um find answers, but. Um, being, I guess, a national politician, national parliamentarian is um, such a particular and peculiar position where you've you represent constituents and you also are typically assigned to a particular theme. Um, so you have to sort of try to solve real problems and try to respond to real problems. And through the privileged position that you are in to oversee. The government um, represent them at national level, and then um, sort of look, review legislation to to try and do that. But the hows and the how that's done in practice is 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 that the bit in the middle is really messy, and it's not clear, and it's um, uh, conditional. Its um, power is very packaged, so trying to navigate. Um, the power that you have um, to execute that privilege as an individual parliamentarian is is tricky and it is overwhelming and it's 
more overwhelming when there's something that's so pertinent that happens and it just is so unfair and you are elected to do something about it so it's something must be done energy um is very consuming and very real and it's necessary because that's why politicians go into politics because they want to help people um and do something and then you have all of these the you know sort of procedures and mechanisms that enable them to do one of the three things they're elected to do um and they have their own terms that are necessarily there to legitimize the outcome but all of that isn't necessarily <laughs> trained or taught about so you have to listen to the issue be it in education or in social welfare provision or perhaps there's just you know been a fire and try to think about what parliamentary mechanisms or what particular powers they have as a representative can be best utilised to enable them to do something, even if it is sort of just yell about it, really. Um, and often, you know, what they would want to do about it is go nuclear straight away because obviously it's so unfair and so unjust and something must be done. Um, but once you press the nuclear button every single day, it's no longer a nuclear button. There's just nothing left. And so it's trying to work out the, you know, most of the time it was trying to work out the appropriate strategy for, you know, for doing something, which inevitably meant sort of getting to, to their temperament and sort of getting them to settle into their understanding of their role and um, manage their anxiety in this energy to change and to to make change happen and they have to manage their multiple selves because they have to be visible be seen be on the issue so they can't go nuclear in terms of a, a no confidence motion for example or if their state media statement just can't go out that particular day or is vetoed or whatever then you you kind of quickly have to find something else to enable their visibility to unfold because they both have to help people but also they have to maintain their profile and visibility in order to continue to be able to help people so a, a sort of a layering of options um is always sort of needed from the technical ones that just just you need to do to to be a democrat help democracy but then the less technical but the more sort of political options need to be there to sort of calm temperaments as well and and uh again there's only so <laughs> there's only so much of that you can do and also that's was not within my control that's usually the communication directors or the sort of control as to as to who's on what issue and you can only have so many people on particular issues so yeah it's um lots of not having control over your own life world problems that comes up with politicians it's it's such a contingent form of life um and that is really hard it's really hard for them and it's very stressful when you've made promises that you're not really in control of being able to keep mm. uh, you know trying to stick to the one or two concrete smaller whys and refining, constantly refining your why. I mean, they always, they're, they're big whys, I want to change the world, but then very quickly they have to narrow it down to a very small micro why and be really proud that they were able to get a family out of a, 
a horrible apartment that was leaking um that they'd been living in and being sick in for five years and it's just you know one achievement in four years but they become very proud of those those one achievements because they realize actually I, I have to let go of the big whys because it's, it's you know it's not realistic and it's exhausting to strive for the big why every single day I wanted to get back to something you said around the, the different roles that a politician has. What what are those roles, yeah. the key ones at least you've got in mind, yeah. and and what makes that important to think about that of, of how to manage those different different roles? It's really, it's really interesting because you are charged with representing people um, at national level and making sure that the the views and needs of your constituents and then you know you have to make sure that the government is doing what it said it was going to do and doing things in a way that's in in the rounds in the best interest and 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 at the very least that you understand how and why the government is doing what it's doing so you have this very important technical oversight role to have and then sort of the legislative role is connected to that to the extent that you have to really sort of work out whether the laws in the statute book or the laws that have been presented before parliament are actually speaking to the right problem and are going to resolve the problem in the way that will best resolve it as well most effectively using most you know sort of the latest evidence or um taking into account all of the views and expertise that there is on that particular issue so there's three different types of roles that are constitutionally provided to a politician to do or given to them that's what they have to do and then there is the politician themselves as a character and type of person <laughs> and and delivering those three very different types of deliverables that require kind of each require a different skill set from each other with some commonalities that is quite a well it's not very diplomatic but quite a hectic mix and so then then it's a matter of knowing about these roles that you play as a politician and yeah it's, yeah like the second that you bring awareness to this sort of elasticity of character you can breathe a lot more easily you now understand the experiences you're having and why you feel extended in one particular space doing one particular type of activity to another and you then feel a greater sense of control over the different roles I mean they all know it and do it innately and they shift um or shape shift as some say between these different roles and spaces and activities as a politician um you know and uh fairly seamlessly but some you know not always and not all of them but the second you bring awareness to to that they're doing it and that is actually quite a challenge then there is a sigh of relief and a sense of control because then you can work work around it and sort of gear up for it in essence beef up the support for speech making and the performance stuff if that's not your your natural habitat etc which i think is really really helpful i've had i've had a few conversations on the podcast actually with people new in a political role and, and something they would say would be that being aware that they had these different roles and being able to distinguish between them and that, that they're not just the politician itself brought them some some yeah sense of relief 
that they could be or think about these roles in, 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 a, in a very instrumental way. Yeah? It's like, wait a second, you know, I'm not only that, I'm not only the representative, or I'm not only the person who writes legislation, and I'm also that. Um, I think I think agency is what comes to mind. Yeah, exactly. And giving agency to the different parts of yourself. I mean, mm. I am not quite there yet myself, but I am aware of like the multiple parts of myself, some more introvert than extrovert, etc. And just sort of um, speaking to those parts and knowing that they exist and knowing that at times, I mean, it's likely and it's not super schizophrenic, it's actually likely that, you know, a politician may not know that which part is the one they love or hate the most of themselves and actually maybe they both love and hate speaking in the house equally um or love and hate the committee work but just bringing awareness to it they can figure out which day or moment actually they they need a bit of legislative deep dive or they need to really get into one particular issue and just drive it um because you know even if it's not super visible they 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 know they can actually make a change or make a difference on that particular thing um and sometimes you know they love the visibility and then sometimes they really resent it um and they they just can't handle it and and that just speaks to that exploring or accepting that there are multiple parts and they are um going to be quiet and loud at a given moment and all of this is sort of made a lot more intense and extreme because the political experience is sort of a sort of on steroid version of reality right so everything is quicker and everything's coming at you quicker so you're having a lot more opportunities to sort of have yourself be stretched and frightened so all of these different parts of yourself will come up at a much higher pace and rate than than a person whose life world is a lot more controlled and routinized um yeah yeah and and so this it, it it also sounds then to me that this is one element of you have this this phrase that, that for a politician to go a layer deeper and i think that this already sounds to me like one one part of that which is to understand who you are as a politician and your multiple multiple things at the same time yeah. perhaps different to different extents at, at different times exactly going one layer down to unlock the experience you're having which is sort of tricky, I guess, for politicians to do because they are consistently thinking about what they're doing for others and how they're seen by others. So to then add to the mix what's going on in their inner world is not automatic. I guess provocative questions, you know, I sort of tell politicians to ask themselves in the moment is, you know, what is this bringing up for me? I'm not trying to... (laughs) make politics self-centered when it's obviously other centered and citizen centered and everything else but there is a link between what it's bringing up for them and then what they do how they feel about what they do and then how they feel about what they do and how they're feeling the moment does shape the outcome there is a link we haven't got the macro data set to to necessarily prove it on every instance but it you know asking them to to think what is this bringing up for me um and delving into that one layer down is provocative and it is tricky and it's not instinctive especially when you haven't got much time but it's a very powerful question for them to constantly sort of reflect on so that they can then manage their own inner experiences to then rock up to that committee meeting in a different space to the one they would have been if they didn't actually sort of reflect on what that particular issue or that particular 
legislation um, or conversation has brought up for them or was is bringing up for them consistently. Love to um, ask you for, <laughs> this is the classic last question, uh, advice um, for either politicians or people who want to join politics, but bef perhaps before that, do you have you heard in in your time in politics um advice where you say please don't follow that and that's that's really bad <laughs> that's really bad advice uh, please don't yeah. do that yeah um well uh, yeah because i can answer the two at the same time because they're just sort of inverse but basically yeah. a, a lot of yeah a lot of the time I mean, politicians aren't necessarily nice to each other because they're all competing so you often hear um peers you know, say, oh, you're, you're getting used to it, the horrors of politics or the fact that you have to be both Machiavellian and angelic at the same time, or mm. even when it comes to sort of public abuse or, um, you know, being hated, you'll get used to it, is the advice that is given. But, um, and I think that's just a terrible advice. And so the advice I always give is don't get used to it. because It's, it's going to be painful, like painful, but don't get used to it because, Only by not getting used to it can you retain a bit of your humanity and can also, you know, and can you sort of transform it? <laughs> um, so don't get used to it, rather bring awareness to it and definitely ask yourself, yourself the question of what, what is this bringing up for me? Why is, why am I sort of suddenly in this out of body moment of being like an angry person or a yelly person? Um, when I wasn't that originally, um, I didn't realize I had that in me or that my character could extend to that sort of <laughs> breadth and, and, oh, I don't know who I am, like go into that and then, and then, and don't get used to it, but just understand why it is that you had such a strong reaction or a shift and then work that through as to whether or not, if you're experiencing that, someone else is. And so, you know, what can be done systematically? Because in the end, We need democratic renovation, innovation, and that can only happen when people are not getting used to misogyny or the, you know, being super performative and super fake or super macho. Um, they sort of decide, okay, now I'm not going to get used to it. I'm going to have a strong back, um, but I won't get used to it. I'm going to try to transform it and try to sort of, Uh, grapple with it in a way that's authentic and in and inspiring because that will people see that people know when you're not performing and you've retained a bit of your own humanity and it's there in the in the in the speeches you make and deliver and the sounds and the, everything that comes from you and your work because it's real yeah and you sense that when 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 you yeah. listen to someone who has it or who hasn't got it Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's where innovation begins, that systematic understanding of the emotional experience of being a politician is the only way through to innovating and renovating our uh, democratic institutions. And, and I think that advice of not getting used to it is the, just the, the first bit, like let's not all institutionalize and do things the way that they have been done. So yeah, don't get used to it. Just reflect. Victoria, thanks, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for taking the time. Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening. I hope you liked the episode. Please share it with someone who might find it valuable as well. 
And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover or a guest I should talk to, let me know. You can find out more on my website. Head over to politicwise.org. Until the next time. Thank you.